Welcome to the Psychomax podcast today on YouTube and animation and how that can be used for science communication together with Elisabeth Steib from Kurzgesagt in a nutshell. Welcome to the episode number eight of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. Today we'll talk about YouTube and a little bit about animation and you will learn what YouTube is, how it can be used for science communication and then we'll talk a little bit about tips and tricks and some hands-on advice on how you can actually make use of YouTube for your science and science communication endeavors. And to talk about this topic, I have a very lovely expert here with me and her name is Lizzie, Lizzie Steib, and she works at Kurzgesagt in a nutshell in Munich, Germany, and there she's head of research. And I'm really happy and psyched to have you here. Welcome Lizzie to the podcast. Hi there, Julius, nice to join you today. I'm also very happy. Cool, that sounds great. Before we start diving into the content and dropping some value bombs, would you mind just Introducing yourself very quickly. Uh, who are you? What gets you up in the morning? And what do you spend your time in the day with? Sure. Um, so um, I sort of ended up as a head of research for Kurzgesagt in a nutshell by accident. I'm actually um, a communication designer by training, but um, you know, I was also always very interested in the content of projects, not only about the design side. And if it wouldn't have been um, communication design, I would probably have studied something about like linguistics or would have liked to become a journalist. Um, and um, I did work in a couple agencies before um, I joined uh, Kurzgesagt in 2016. And I feel like my job now sort of you know, unites my interest in my interest in like the content of things, like the, the story, the background, um, the facts that went into it, but also, you know, the aesthetics um, and the design side. Um, yeah, and I can I can see it all as a like a I can overall round picture that uh, that makes sense to me. That sounds really nice. It's a bit like uh, what Steve Jobs said: you can only connect the dots looking backwards and not forwards, and uh, that you bring it all together in that job. So that kind of fits. That is taking it. I mean, I feel it like it's taking it a little bit far, but you know, like it does. It does make a nice story, doesn't it? Like, it does. uh, like journalism yeah. and science um, and design, yeah, all coming together um, at Kurzgesagt. I guess like this is at the core of what we're trying to do there. Yeah. Um, Stop. yeah. Telling stories, isn't it? Maybe we we'll also talk yes. about that a little bit in the in a second. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So and you know, like that that aspect of telling like teaching people things or like telling things uh, telling people about like the interesting uh, the interesting things you can learn out there but doing it in a visually pleasing way I guess that is what gets me up in the morning <laughs> um uh, yeah and what I spent my day doing is uh, basically reading and writing and getting paid for it so that is sort of a dream job for me so to speak it's, it sounds very pleasing no for sure yeah um you use this word where you work quite often already and that's Kurzgesagt in a nutshell would you like to give a little overview what you actually do there what this organization does because there might I've, sure. there might be some people listening to this podcast who actually know it but I guess you know there might be some people who are not super aware of it yet okay so um Kurzgesagt in a nutshell we are one of the biggest science communication channels um on YouTube globally we are the biggest out of um out of Europe as of uh, as of now I think we're at 17 million viewers now actually not sure because the number keeps growing quite fast <laughs> it's hard to keep track 
Um, we are also a design studio um, and an animation studio. And um, in the last couple of years, we started um, expanding a little bit. Like um, we started doing more merchandise as in we are trying to be um, a source or like a resource for science related um, products and materials like infographic posters and products that are also um, designed with like an aesthetic um, value um, in mind but also um, content-wise like um, designed with the same attention to detail that we put into our videos cool yeah so in, in is that then private people buy these kind of merchandise articles or do you do that for organizations or who, who buys that stuff um like right now it is private people like like fans basically mm -hmm. you know like we, it's crazy so that it, a media agency <laughs> actually has fans but yeah that's like maybe yeah yeah just very unique you know like that it was also sort of weird i guess in the beginning and it still is very weird like how how popular also the um the merchandise is um but it's you know it's so cool um to be able to do that sort of thing and to also do it on the same crazy level of of yeah uh, of love to detail that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, we're not just slapping our logo onto something, um, but we're actually really developing something, also doing a lot of research for certain projects um, and putting that out there, trying to get it into classrooms, um, into, you know, children's bedrooms, uh, posters about space. Uh, we did um, a map of evolution. You know, like I'm, I'm also very passionate about that, <laughs> that part of the job. If, if I ever um, have children, I'll definitely buy, gonna buy one of these maps. Um, in, yeah, in, you know, like it's, your it's also a really nice present if you're a, an, <laughs> an uncle or something. <laughs> yeah, we're not making any uh, commercials here. No, no, we're not. No, no, no. Okay. No, it, it's not advertisement. <laughs> it's like it's genuine um, enthusiasm, really. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe that's actually one of the best marketing strategies that's out there. Um, yeah, you already named, gave some numbers, but f uh, just one more number for, for context. I just looked up the, the video that has the most views, actually, uh, was, the, was a video on the coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus explained, and it has about 31 million views. And I think that's, yeah, that already just shows the scale of Kurzgesagte in a nutshell. And that maybe also, yeah, gives a bit of proof to invite you uh, to this to this podcast. So we really have a, yeah, a great guest here. Yeah. Cool. You know, yeah, like, yeah? actually about, about that video, if I may, um, you know, like, this is, the, this is the official number of views on YouTube, mm. um, but we are pretty sure that uh, it actually um, excels that number by quite a bit because um, many you know official organizations and also governments around the world basically illegally took the video and slapped the translation on it and of course you know like we did not we did not answer that with any repercussions because mm. that is definitely what we wanted yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah you know like it, it has been it has been shown on tv so that is by even more far is that our most watched video. Yeah, well, it just fitted the time as well, isn't it? And it gave yeah. like a good yeah. overview and it's really informing. Yeah. yeah, crazy. And you are based in Munich, is that correct? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's correct. That's People are sometimes surprised because it, it sort of sounds like a company that should be situated in Berlin, but we are not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Berlin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's get started with YouTube and animation. So, yeah. Um, we first start a bit talking about what YouTube actually is, la la la, mm -hmm. and later on we'll go a little bit into animation. But we also already talked in the pre, um, before we talked here now, that animation is more going maybe for people who uh, have a bit of, like, organizations that have a little bit more funds. But we'll get into that later, so we'll start with YouTube right now. So, Lizzie, what is YouTube and how can it be used? Give us some, some idea, give us some overview, give us <laughs> something that comes into your head right now when I ask you that question. Um... 
I would say YouTube is the place that that people go to if they have a question about something that cannot be answered with a quick Google search, you know. I would say like it is the place where I go to personally if I want a little bit more context about things, um, if I want to be presented with information in a, you know, like accessible and digestible way. Um, and also where I like to get different perspectives on um, on certain topics or issues. So I would say as of now, YouTube still is or has become even more you know the sort of platform wh where people come to get to get an opinion on things mm -hmm. um and i it's really great to see like um how science has uh, has found a, a bigger place on that sort of platform you know like um entertainment yes but i think uh, actually learning things and learning a diverse vari variety of things is really what youtube is about today yeah if you would compare youtube with other social platforms and i'm just going to name some how how would they compare and how do you understand how consumers use them differently so for instance instagram for instance linkedin for instance twitter um I would say, you know, like um, Twitter for me personally is more like on at, a, you know, like more at, at the heart of like what what recent events are going on. You know, like it, it more feels like a, a stream of consciousness live update sort of thing, while um, Instagram and like TikTok, for example, to me personally also feel more like on the entertainment side, even though that is also changing rapidly. Mm -hmm. But um The, I think like the, the biggest difference is that it feels more fragmented or like more granular while YouTube is just a good platform um, to get longer content across or also to consume longer content like you know as, as head of research and reading a lot I am um, I'm happy with you know like too long didn't read does not exist in my world um but uh, obviously other people are different mm. but i feel you know like there's you, you need a bridge between like just overwhelming so small that you can get a, a glimpse of things of something that interests you but also facts and something in the middle and i feel like youtube is that stage in the middle where you can you know like you can get a you can get a base you can get an overview and you can leap off from there to to go into the deep end of the pool basically without feeling like this is just too much for me i don't know like where to get started and how to handle it all yeah and what i, I what i think uh, what triggered just what you just said is that it maybe works well as an uh, as one instrument in an orchestra for instance if you have longer running content on youtube you can very well um, promote it on on these other platforms because yes. there is as you said this live stream kind of so you can say hey i posted something new on youtube um, and you post it on Twitter or whatever, and then people see it and click on it and then come to YouTube to actually consume your content. And you, as, as you said, that can be very long content as well. Um, when we when we think about researchers as a person and researchers in, the, in an organization, or like, like if we think about a, a university on the one hand and one single researcher in one specific institute, lab, whatever, um, how can we differentiate how these entities use or can use YouTube differently? Does it make sense, for instance, to... For, for a single researcher who doesn't have a lot of resources to start a YouTube account and post it? And what would they post? Mm, you know, like it, as you said, like you would, uh, you would have to look at pe people in different circumstances just differently. I personally would 
say that for someone who's on their own, it would probably make more sense to get started out on Twitter or Instagram and rather, you know, like build up from that. I mean, it's also, you know, um, to to get used or like to get comfortable around those skills of telling a story about your research or just talking about your research, um, breaking it down into more digestible snacks, so to speak. Um, I would rather go from small to bigger than like putting too much on your plate um, from the beginning, basically. Mm. But I think for uh, for many like bigger organizations or uh, research um institutions i think it can totally make sense um to start a youtube channel i think they would have to think about like very long and hard how they are going to uh, to put enough and like just valuable content on that on that platform on the long long run you know it shouldn't just be a fad like we're going to start that and i don't know generate some uh, some excitement um, if there's for example like a long-running project that will generate a lot of interesting output anyways and you you're basically like looking for a way to to put that out uh, put that out there youtube could be perfect mm. it's interesting that you directly mentioned projects because i was just thinking that many projects run for two to three years for example and in the first one and a half years you actually collect data and then you process the data and eventually you have something to put out there but then the question is then maybe you know it's already half of the the, the last half a year then you put out two videos and then the account dies and then as you said said it's a fad so would it then like i was just thinking that would it then make actually more sense to not have accounts specifically for projects in general but more for organizations and then these organizations post things or have the like take the resources to produce valuable content and post that over time from an organizational account What's your take? Um, I think again, it would uh, it would depend on like what your goal is. You know, like for for us um, for us at the moment, what we are getting more and more interested in, and what I would love to see also from you know like people in the field or or from organizations is talking not only about the results of your research, but about the methods and the approaches that you are using to get to those results. Mm. You know, you. You just said like projects could be uh, going for two or three years, running all the way. I don't know. You're, you're collecting data, you're processing the data, and in the end, you come. You said you come out with something that is uh, that you can present or that is ready to present or something like that. Yeah. Why? Why is that though? Couldn't be like the process that you're using beforehand, how you are designing your experiments. Couldn't that be just as valuable or even more valuable than the actual result? Because you know, like. I'm not a scientist, but I talk to a lot of scientists <laughs> um, and uh, I'm friends with a couple of scientists. Um, and the thing is often, isn't it that, you know, like it, it could be that in the end, you're, what you are actually presenting, like you have to present something, you there has to be something tangible, but it might not be as... I don't know, as overwhelming as something that is worthy of a Nobel Prize, which is not a bad thing which at is, all. It's just, a lot yeah. of research is like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it is just, you know, like it, it takes tiny steps, but nobody is aware of all the R&D, basically, that goes into, into producing those results that are valuable and necessary steps to, you know, like to, to accelerate science itself. It would be awesome if uh, if scientists were able to talk more about that, and also I feel if the public was more aware about how much work and effort and love basically um, goes into all that happens before something is published. Uh, it's so beautiful that you actually took so much time to actually elaborate it and really argue for that, because that's something that I very much share. It's very often I feel researchers only 
post something when they have a result while if they would have started much earlier also me if i would have started earlier and um and create while like more documenting the process then you're already building up some kind of following and people know there's something coming there instead of just waiting until the last minute and then posting something and then there's no one who listens to it because you haven't really built up an, uh, um, a community and also from as from your perspective what you argued that the way and the methods that are used can also have a lot of value in them in order to showcase how research is actually done. So actually, for instance, to inspire other yeah, young people to actually become research, researchers and for them to already yeah, get to grips how that life of research actually looks like. Yeah. You know, like it's 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 a, it's a process of exploration. You are not like a like a treasure hunter who has to present like a, a mountain of gold or something. Mm -hmm. But the way how you got there, you know, like it's the entire it's the entire movie. Mm -hmm. So people are missing out on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. I do like that. <laughs> Now on YouTube, there's some like there's this normal format, which is a normal video, and you can have it. I don't know how long can a maximum can a video be. Um, I'm actually not entirely sure because you know, like we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're it doesn't matter. So what you can like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, what you can do on YouTube is like some kind of long videos. You can also stream on YouTube. Um, you can uh, also have short videos on YouTube, and I feel that's a bit like they're taking that in from other platforms. Like for instance, Twitch is a is very much a, um, a streaming platform, and YouTube then started that, and then now we see something like stories on Instagram or also stories on Snapchat, and that's something what YouTube also covered. Um, so that's this YouTube Shorts. So I feel there's quite a lot of movement actually going on in that platform. Also probably because there's a lot of other networks that actually pop up. For instance, Polywork just is a new one that popped up. Uh, Clubhouse is something that popped up. So I guess that all of these platforms, yeah, put more pressure on the original ones. And YouTube, I guess, is, could be called an original one. Yeah. Now, having talked a bit about YouTube, what you guys at, and ladies obviously try to gender here mm -hmm. uh, at Kurzgesagt yeah, in a nutshell do, ladies, <laughs> is a lot of uh, animated videos actually your, everything that yeah, you do yeah. is animation yeah. isn't it yeah. so could you give me an idea what actually what is animation I think people know what animation is but like give me an idea what animation is and then who can make use of animation in the science communication sphere what do you think Okay, so uh, about like what animation is just giving you like a very quick run through of what our process is there, you know, like we have a script, we have uh, a voice uh, actor who is um, who is recording the script and then um, an illustration team is, you know, like creating illustrations based on that text on that storyline. Um, we only do like flat vector um, vector designs, vector illustrations, and then we have an animation team that uh, takes all those vector illustrations apart and gets them moving. Um, basically also almost only flat design, but we are um, leaping more and more into 3D also. So things okay. take even more time and get more elaborate, but it's uh, it's very popular. And also the animators uh, love it if they do get enough time <laughs> um, and it looks it looks amazing. How can, how um, can you consume 3D content? Do you have to? Um, do you need a glass? No, glass. No, 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 no. Sorry, um, it's not. It's not like not virtual reality. Even though we would be, we would love to try that in the future. Yeah. It's it's just you know like the the vector layers. They are not entirely flat, but there's more like three D effects within the video. You know, like the the animation itself gets more um, elaborate and complex. Okay, can you after we record this? Can you send me a link yeah. to a 3D video and we'll put it into the show notes so that people can actually click on it and see what that's about? 
Yeah, sure. I can I can send you an example of one of our latest space videos that, uh, you know, like uh, crashed the render constantly because there was so much, you know, like spinning, spinning planets and spinning black holes in there. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but who can use animation? Um, you know, actually, um, it has become more common, I feel, for, uh, you know, like NGOs or like bigger organizations to approach us to um, to get an animated video for their, I don't know, internal purposes. Um, but also, for example, we've had um, we've had projects in collaboration with uh, universities or, or with scientists who applied for a communication grant and they just made us the communication part, basically, oh, yeah. of their grant. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I, I felt um, back then because that uh, the first um, project of that kind is already a couple years back. Um, I was really surprised and applauding that sort of out of the box thinking. You know, um, that to communi communicate something, there's so many ways that are actually um, open to to everyone. Why should it be different for someone who is who's working in a scientific field just because it is not the most traditional way? Because yeah. What you are actually trying to do is getting something out to the public. Why shouldn't you also be able to choose the way that will get you the most, um, yeah, the most views, the most, um, the most people interested, the most traction, the most uh, conversation around it? Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, and I guess also that yeah, larger research organizations actually probably have the funds to yeah to fund something like that because. Yes, you are one of the players in the market, let's say, but there's others, but it, yeah, it takes some time as you also just uh, illu illustrated. Yeah, beautiful. So what we did before we came to this recording, I asked Lizzie to give me a list of uh, four uh, hands-on tips for doing science communication on YouTube and obviously maybe also related to animation. And we're just gonna run through these four points now in the next minutes. And I'm just gonna throw them at Lizzie and then she can start talking. So the first one is, nobody said it has to be super serious. Bring it on, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like this is something um, I feel like it's it's probably not new, not new, um, but it's uh, something that is just uh, typical for us and that a lot of people, you know, like value us for, but that we would also like to, to basically recommend to anyone talking about science like i feel like that that bias is luckily or like yeah uh, is already crumbling um but science still sort of has that um yeah has that opinion in a lot of people's there's this opinion in a lot of people's heads that it's like something that is dry that is overly complicated um and that you can't have any fun with and i hope like that uh, that us but also a lot of other awesome examples out there have already shown that that is not the case and i can only urge you know like scientists or experts themselves to also make use of that of that lens on science you know like sometimes there's the results that we get or the things that we talk about like in biology in in uh when it comes to to space topics there's so, that's so amazing it's so absurd the story is already like jumping out at you um take a take a step back sometimes and you know like be, be able to to laugh about like what you're doing and um you know like to tell it in an entertaining way i i think like scientists probably do that among themselves but then they feel like when they you know like step out to the you public have to be serious you have to be serious yeah, you have to be serious and i mean you know like you should have your facts straight but the way that you tell the story i feel like there's some you know like there's some wiggle room go use that wiggle room yeah no i like that yeah. uh, as we say in german no i like that cool yeah. second point <laughs> is um 
another up like a general upside of uh, of animation is that you can actually show things that are impossible to catch on camera give me that exactly um you know like we, we just had that uh, conversation actually with uh, one of our um, um, with one of the people we are working together for our German channel, you know, like there's a uh, there's a separate German channel now um, that um, is sponsored by Funk. Um, Funk is part also... of the German broadcasting system paid yes. by the taxpayer. Uh, ah, yeah. isn't Thank it? you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Good, uh, good information to have. Um, yeah, who just uh, who pointed out again, you know, like that we that we have this upside when you are not doing, you know, like real real film or like real you're not shooting any real material when you're talking about science, you don't have to you have you don't have to show people in like lab coats and goggles again and again uh, bent yeah. over their benches, you know, like I, I feel you know like it, it's it's also important and useful for people to see like what it actually looked like, but we with our illustration like we are entirely free, you know, like we we can dive into the like macroscopic world we can i don't know give bacteria little faces we can give them agenda you know like we, we can go crazy and things that that yeah that you just can't catch on camera because they're too small or there aren't any actual pictures about it like about space we can just draw them and also we are much freer to you know like show literal metaphors or like analogies um on screen that you could normally like you could you could talk about them in your text like i could i don't know make a crazy comparison like i did earlier but then in our illustrated animated videos we can actually show them it makes so much difference for people you know like to keep watching to actually get it at some point yeah. um yeah and it's you know it, it's it's just it's just more obvious that way that is something that i feel not a lot of people have yeah, acknowledge already or like aware of that yeah. this possibility could be open to them. I feel that w when I watch an animated video from from you, is it it's partly still sticks into my head. I have like this one. I there was this one video about I don't know heroin or something, and and um, people when they get drugs in the hospital, why do they not land up on the street? It's because of the relationships between between them and other people that actually get them out there. And this is stuff, I've watched it once and it's so deep in my head. Maybe it's just what you said. It's like you, you, you can build connections in a very different way um, between the content and the viewer, the content and the consumer. Um, yeah, just yeah, I'm just I'm a living example of that, uh, of your work. So, so that's really cool. Um, <laughs> third point is um, that... Uh, that animation videos are super versatile and that you can yeah have different several aspects of them and um, we partly covered of covered of that but would you like to give me a little overview here you, you you mentioned voice over illustration animation music all that stuff yeah you know i think it, it actually ties in perfectly what we just talked about um you know there's um as i said before like the, the illustration you have you just have possibilities that you would not have if you if you did, did not go into the trouble of illustrating but the same is actually true when it comes to the to the voiceover to the animation and also for um each and every one of our videos we have like custom music that is composed for us Ooh, okay advanced yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yes um and also like a shout out to epic mountain music at this point mm. because they are doing a fantastic job there um, you know, every one of those those steps in production, um, it adds a layer, layer not only of, you know, like um, obvious quality to someone who is watching, but also of information, actually, you know, like the voiceover, the way that it is told, um, 
the way that the, the words are pronounced and the pacing, um, it's, it sets the tone for the story. It also like it adds a lot to how easily it is to uh, how easy it is to understand. Then illustration, you know, I just I just talked about that at length at length. You just have the possibility to show things that you could not show otherwise. But also then yeah. with animation, you know, like you're also when it comes, for example, to biological processes, of course, like they have to be they have to be accurate, accurate, or especially also when it comes to space stuff, you know, like when you're talking about like space tethers, you know, like cables attached to planets that you can use to to transport cargo if there wasn't the animation like even in the illustrated still it would not make sense to you, you like yeah. yeah how would you even and i mean you know in the text it like it is described it it sort of makes sense but you have to puzzle it together and then it's illustrated and when it's animated it all comes together sort of and also with you know like if there's with the storytelling the animation um it guides your eye like it's it makes it easier for you to look at something, you know, like I'm obviously speaking here from my design background, yeah. but yeah, you know, like you can, you can design a video visually and also animation wise in a way that is very easy to watch. It's like almost reassuring, smooth. It will, you know, like pierce directly into your brain, even if even that sounds a bit disturbing or you could make it extra confusing. And like, you really, you have so many like tools at hand there and then the music, um, it really adds to the atmosphere and you know like that will also help people to remember certain things or to drill in certain points you know like this is very important the music will add to that everyone who has ever watched a movie um at the cinema knows what we're talking about here yeah and you have all those amazing tools at your hand if you're doing an animation video i love you for the greater good of science <laughs> <laughs> I love your passion, Lizzie. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Let's come to the last point. And that is yeah. um, that with animation, you can actually also what you call think out of the box and you can use it in different ways. What's, yeah. What does that mean? Um, it means, you know, like you could when you're when you're researching a topic or I don't know, you're, you're just working in that field. Um, I I think like you should you should also make use of of all the variety of possibilities that you have at hand. You know, like giving talks, um, talking to people in person, using Twitter to you know like that stream of consciousness thing. I really enjoyed it. I feel like those, but I feel like videos or also animated videos they have not really, um, yeah, they have not made it to the into the public perception as like a valid as a valid option for something that scientists could use. I feel we are a good example that shows you like that that should change. Yeah. This is something that yeah. that you should explore. Mm, yeah, I feel like I, when I hear animation, I still think of uh, young Children, people cartoons. six until nine yeah. at six o'clock in the morning yeah. when they just get up and they just go into the front of the TV yeah. and that's what animation is. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe I had that in my uh, when I was younger, not yeah, with me, I was, but I, I have was just friends. about to say a glimpse into your childhood. Yeah, isn't? for sure. But as you say <laughs> and as you use it, and uh, gesagt in a nutshell. Um, yeah, it, it shows that it can be just used pretty much anywhere. Also, when you know, when you go on an airline and you have a flight, you also sometimes see an anima animated video. Yeah. So and you also said that, you know, it could also be maybe part of a, a, a grant when you ask for a project, for instance, and um, to really show how serious you are, isn't it? Because if you invest money into an, an animated video that is good and then you want some money from someone, then these people realize, OK, these people mean it. Um, and, I th and, and I like that idea as well. Cool. 
before I let you go, dear Lizzie, I have one more question that we that's actually not in the notes of uh, what we wanted to talk about here today. But you use this word storytelling very often today. And I feel that this word or this term or this concept is very often used in social media. But I've never really come to grips what it actually means. Like I have an idea, but I was just wondering what is it what you understand when you use the word storytelling? Okay, like that's a that's a difficult question because I feel like it's um, it's something else for each and every video. I think it's um, it's finding something that you can that you can wrap your facts around, like like a, a central question for each and every video. Something that you should that you should leave with that you feel has been answered or that you understood, like something that. That, that hooks you around that topic and that that compels you to maybe look into it more you know like not just like not just like i don't know i, I learned a, i learned a single fact about the coronavirus or like i learned a single fact about like climate change or something but there's you know like putting facts into a into a greater context i think that's what storytelling is to me personally and also what we're trying to do yeah cool then We'll keep it there. Thanks for this very nice idea uh, about storytelling and obviously about all the the, the, um, the details and the facts that you gave in the previous minutes of the podcast. Lizzie, if people uh, want to reach out to you, how and and maybe also get to know uh, in a nutshell, um, kurz gesagt in a nutshell better, what could they do? How can they reach you? Um, uh, you know, like uh, to get uh, kurz gesagt, uh, or like to get to know kurz gesagt uh, in a nutshell better, we have a really nice website. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, you should uh, definitely check out the YouTube channel. It's quite popular here. <laughs> um, and also to me personally, you can um, reach out um, on LinkedIn. Okay, that's great. And if I would be an organization, if I'm a, if I'm a head of a university and I want some animated videos, would, would I be a customer that you would accept? Um, you know, like it would it would depend on and the details, obviously, and also you know, like how, how much is going on. Um, sure. But you know, like we would definitely we are always um, interested in in hearing what 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 people's proposals are, what they have in mind, mm. and we're trying to make it a a, a priority um, to work with you know like um, uh, with education organizations. So um, that would already give you an upside, basically. Yeah. Um, and people who are interested, you know, could just write an email at business at kurzgesagt.org. Here we go. That sounds yeah. that sounds great. Okay, Lizzie, thanks yeah. for joining me on the podcast today and uh, all the best for the future of Kurzgesagt uh, in a nutshell and obviously personal to you as well. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. It was my pleasure. <laughs>